The following is a QST. Ukraine bans ham radio before Russian invasion. An amateur in Pennsylvania faces criminal charges. And a historic Marconi hut goes digital in England. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2313 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Union, Kentucky, here's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. A decree by Ukrainian officials imposing a state of emergency, including a ban on amateur radio operation, took effect on Thursday, February 24th. Officials had announced the previous day that they would do so in anticipation of a Russian military invasion. The decree can last as long as 30 days, with an option to be extended. The International Amateur Radio Union was monitoring the events. Greg Mossop, G0DUB, IARU Region 1's Emergency Communications Coordinator, told Newsline in an email, quote, The events in Ukraine are obviously fast-moving, and although there were early reports of telecommunications failures, it appears these may have been due to the volume of calls on the networks. Webcams in the area are functioning, and people do seem to be able to make calls. Sadly, the Ukrainian National Society has reported that a ban on the operation of amateur stations in Ukraine has been put in place for 30 days commencing February 24th. IARU Region 1 and its member societies are monitoring the situation closely, but remind all amateur radio operators that they must follow their national laws and regulations, end quote. The U.S. news website Politico quoted Alexei Danilov, Secretary of Ukraine's National Security and Defense Council, describing the actions as, quote, preventative measures to keep calm in the country, end quote. The declaration is not in effect in the political subdivisions of eastern Donetsk and Lawrensk. In the United States, a ham faces serious criminal charges for on-the-air activities. Cell MB KB3TZD has that story. An amateur radio operator in Erie, Pennsylvania, has been charged with transmitting false weather emergencies on the radio and making bomb threats, according to published reports. The Erie Times News identified the ham as Richard L. Wagner, whose call sign is listed as N3BWG on QRZ.com. The newspaper said that Erie County detectives charged him with reporting bogus weather emergencies while on the air and with making threats against other hams who told him to stop. The news report said that a criminal complaint was filed on Monday, February 14th, alleging that between the 19th of December and February 13th, he went on air with threats to bomb public buildings, including the city police station and the county courthouse. There were no details about any involvement in the case by the U.S. Federal Communications Commission. A preliminary hearing is scheduled for March 3rd. The largest United States county east of the Mississippi River is about to get its first digital amateur radio emergency service to be affiliated with the county. Jim Dameron, N8TMW, has that story. There's a lot of ground to cover in Aroostook County, Maine, which at more than 6,600 square miles has a lot going on when disaster strikes. A group of amateur radio operators calling themselves the Caribou Emergency Amateur Radio Service are now working to establish formal emergency communication structure in that rural county with D-Star. The idea is to connect hams with one another as well as local and state agencies using that digital voice mode. 
Emergency response is already provided from the Aroostook Amateur Radio Association and Aries, but Caribou's response will primarily come alongside those of county agencies using D-Star. Caribou announced on its Facebook page earlier this month that it is working to establish the first D-Star repeater in northern Maine. Meanwhile, T.H. Merritt, KM4TJI, the group's president and co-founder, told a Bangor, Maine newspaper that the group has already met with local fire, police, and emergency medical services. He said that the Caribou Group is being created based on his experience as an emergency radio operator in Florida and has a membership of 17. That is expected to grow as more people sign up and begin studying for their ham radio licenses. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Dameron, N8TNW. What's better than one QSO party? Try two that are going on in the Carolinas. Kevin Trotman, N5PRE, has the details. In the United States, North and South Carolina are teaming up for a two QSO party weekend. On Saturday, February 26th, Hams in South Carolina's 46 counties will be chasing contacts. There is a new category for hams operating portable from temporary stations activating in one or more counties. Expedition stations may move from county to county. On Sunday, February 27th, it's North Carolina's turn, and hams will be chasing contacts in that state's 100 counties. There are bonus points for working the NC4QP bonus station, as well as the call signs N4D, N4U, N4K, N4E, all the stations having suffixes that spell Duke in honor of Duke University, the pride of North Carolina. For details on both QSO parties, see the text version of this week's Newsline script at arnewsline.org. From beautiful Aiken, South Carolina, this is Kevin Trotman, N5PRE, for Amateur Radio Newsline. If there was a workshop you wanted to attend at the Virtual Ham Radio University Conference but missed it, now's your chance to make up for lost time. Stephen Kinford, N8WB, tells us how. Held on January 8th as a virtual conference, Ham Radio University may be over, but it's not gone. Videos of the day-long event have been uploaded to YouTube where any number of workshops are available for viewing. Whether you couldn't attend HRU or weren't able to get to all the workshops you wanted, the HRU YouTube channel makes it easy to see what you missed. In addition to the introductory classes for DXing and the basics of HF operating, presenters also cover contesting, the various logging programs out there, parks on the air, the HF digital modes, and QRP operations, as well as several other topics covered in the videos. An assortment of workshops from previous years complete the channel. Ham Radio University played host to the ARRL New York City Long Island Section Convention. Find a link to the channel in the text for this week's newscast script at arnewsline.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Stephen Kinford, NAWB. Congratulations to the organizers of the Voice of America 80th Anniversary Special Event Station. Operators logged 3,665 QSOs at stations W3V, W8O, and W4A, according to Jocelyn Bro, KD8VRX, VA2VRX of the Westchester Amateur Radio Association. He said that all digital cards have been sent and certificates will be emailed shortly. Paper QSLs are expected to be sent out sometime in March. In England, radio is about to embrace one digital mode yet unknown on the amateur bands, digital art. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, has that story. 
Hams in the UK have played a big role in celebrations of the BBC's centenary this year. The most recent special event station was heard on the 14th of February as radio operators in Chelmsford called QRZ, a station GB100-2MT, marked the historic first transmission from the Marconi Company's Rittle Hut there. The hut is now going digital with the help of an artist who is creating a digital model of it for inclusion at the Chelmsford Museum. The artist, Sean fan and the museum are calling the exhibit Forecast 22, the birth of British broadcasting. The virtual 3D model will include a replica of the 2MT transmitter as well as contents of the building. The exhibit opens in October. If you can't get to Chelmsford to take a step inside history, don't worry, you can take part in the Forecast 22 on your mobile phone, wherever in the world you might be. It's a different kind of digital DXing, but a fitting option for a celebration that changes the shape and sound of British broadcasting. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the K5DUR repeater in Dallas, Texas, on Sundays at 7 p.m. local time. There are big happenings planned for hams in New South Wales, Australia. Jason Daniels, VK2 LAW, brings us that report. Mayhem, the largest amateur radio gathering in the Southern Hemisphere, has an equally large and ambitious agenda for Sunday the 1st of May. In addition to planning the usual activities such as pedestrian and mobile fox hunts, organisers from the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club are looking for lecturers to deliver talks on a variety of subjects. Each 45-minute presentation will be followed by no more than 15 minutes of questions and answers. Formerly known as Wyong Field Day, it's run for over 60 years without a break, even through these COVID years. Mayhem is scheduled to be held at the customary location of the Wyong Racecourse. If you have a presentation you'd like to share with some of Australia's most enthusiastic radio amateurs, contact Col VK2ZCO by emailing ccarc at ccarc.org.au and describe your proposed lecture. If you're looking to upgrade or even get your first licence, contact the Education Coordinator of the Club at education at ccarc.org.au. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. If you're interested in learning more about setting up, hosting, and participating in a contact with the ISS through Amateur Radio on the International Space Station, you may want to attend an introductory webinar being hosted by ARIS. It will be held on UTC March 4th, which is the evening of March 3rd for attendees in North America. The webinar will help give schools, science centers, museums, and other institutions information they need to apply for a contact with the space crew. Registration for the seminar is required. Applications for a space crew contact should be submitted no later than the 31st of March. Such a contact would ideally draw a large number of attendees and participants and be included in an educational plan focusing on science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Visit the ARIS USA website for more details. All contacts are being scheduled for January the 1st through June 30th of 2023.
If certain important people in your life, maybe even the ones living under the same roof as you, constantly remind you that you have far too many radios, perhaps it's time you shared this story about a retired electrical engineer in England and his collection of more than 200 radios. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, has all the details you'll need. How many radios is too many? Norfolk retiree Richard Allen stopped counting when his collection reached 200. His shelves of crystal sets, antique transistor and valve radios is valued somewhere around £15,000 or $20,000 in US currency. His favourite radio is the one his late father bought in 1928 and listened to throughout World War II. His father had been an amateur radio operator and at one point even built his own transmitter. He passed along his skill for repairing radios to his son, along with his massive radio collection. Richard, who is 85, has spent the past 50 years adding to that collection and restoring the non-functioning ones to good working order. He told the Daily Mail newspaper, The value is in the eye of the beholder. About 90% of the radios work just fine, the other 10% are the ones that keep him busy. He told the newspaper, If they were all working, I'd have nothing to do with my time. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. In the world of DX, Corel OK2WM and Vlad OK2WX are on the air as 8Q7WM and 8Q7WX respectively from Inahura Island, AS013, in the Maldives until March 8th. Listen for them on 160, 80, and 40 meters where they will be using CW and sideband. Send QSLs to their home calls. Listen for Oliver DJ5QW, who is using the call signs D4CW and D44DX from Sal Island, AF086, Cape Verde, until the 2nd of March. You can hear him on 80 through 10 meters, where he is using CW and sideband, QSL via his home call sign, or by the DARC Bureau. Philippe EA4NF will be operating as EA8-EA4NF from Hierro Island, AF004, the smallest island of the Canary Islands. He will be on the air between March 4th and 6th using the FM and linear low-Earth orbit satellites. He hopes to activate the very rare grids IL07 and IL17, QSL via Logbook of the World. Listen for Gildas, F6HMQ, and Michelle, F6GWV, operating as FG-F6HMQ and FG-F6GWV, respectively, from Guadeloupe until the 27th of March. Operating on the HF band's holiday style, they will be in the ARRL International DX Sideband Contest on March 5th and 6th and the CQ Worldwide WPX Sideband Contest on March 26th and 27th, using the call sign TO3Z. For QSL information, visit QRZ.com. It's uncommon to mention boat anchor and waterfall in the same sentence, unless, of course, you're talking about the kind of boat anchor you'd drop to secure a seagoing vessel. Meet a relatively new ham who talks about boat anchors and waterfalls on dry land in his shack. Ralph Squalachi, KK6ITB, brings us this week's final story. Scott Baker, KK7CAI, is no stranger to tinkering in the shop. A list of his varied electronics projects populate his website, smbaker.com. 
So when he got his amateur radio license this past December, it was only natural that he wouldn't let his newly acquired Drake R4B receiver stay in the 1970s forever. He decided to build a pan adapter, a circuit to capture a wideband signal from the old tube radio receiver. With the help of an SDR dongle and his computer, his goal was to display all the transmissions on the band. The project wasn't without its hitches and glitches. As he writes on his blog, quote, I had to install a hefty RF choke on the cable going to the SDR, or it would lock up whenever I transmit, end quote. There were other challenges along the way, too, but nothing he couldn't resolve. Now, the waterfall pours forth, and the old Drake has entered the 21st century. Scott says in his video, it's a useful visualization tool. Yes, it's a success. And more than that, it looks like this old boat anchor's ship has finally come in. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ralph Squillacci, KK6ITB. With thanks to AMSAT, Eris USA, Bangor Daily News, Central Coast Amateur Radio Club, City Life Chelmsford, CQ Magazine, The Daily Mail, David Bihar, K7DB, The Erie, Pennsylvania News Times, Greg Mossop, G0DUB, Hackaday, Ham Radio University, IARU Region 1, Ohio Penn DX, Politico, QRZ.com, QSO Today, Reuters, Southgate Amateur Radio News, shortwaveradio.de, YouTube, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Neil Rapp, WB9VPG in Union, Kentucky, saying 7-3, and as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022, all rights reserved.